the stuff we have to do just to live and keep our houses reasonably clean and hygienic. Um, it could be the caring work we do, caring either for children or nieces or nephews or caring for our parents. I've just entered an era of significant caring for my parents. My dad, uh, at my mum's 88th birthday, tripped, fell down and broke three ribs. Um, and as he was being wheeled out by the paramedics uh, on the stretcher, he said, drink all the red wine. <laughs> And then he told the paramedics, you can come back after. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then it was a week of caring for my mum. So this, the caring responsibilities we do are really significant, aren't they? They're really important work that we do. So work is that whole range of things that we do. And I want to say that. So if you think that today is only about paid jobs, and maybe if you've entered an era where you don't have to do that anymore, Bad news is there's no word in the Bible for retirement. Um, <laughs> um, and even things like schoolwork and education, that's all part of the work that we do. And in terms, if we think about our work, I think there are some false stories around. There are some myths about work that I want us to think about today. So one of the myths is my focus is on my leisure time, not my work. Um, I'm old enough that I remember the Loverboys song in the 80s, we're all working for the weekend. Um, but there's songs like, you know, it's Monday, but I've got Friday on my mind. Uh, it's another manic Monday. Mondays always get a bad rap, I feel. <laughs> and Fridays, thank God it's Friday, hey. Um, so there are almost no songs that celebrate the joy of work. <laughs> um, and the focus is when work ends and then we can really enjoy life, leisure and pleasure. Um, maybe that's what something that you feel work is about. Uh, then there's probably the other extreme. Work is the source of purpose and meaning for me. Um, and I was just speaking to a woman yesterday and she was saying that she was speaking to a whole load of higher educators and that was their focus. They were saying, um, I want to find in work a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning. How do I find that in the work that I do? Does religion or faith have anything to do with work? I think uh, recent experience, um, especially if there's any manly supporters here, have taught us that there's this issue that comes up often when religion and work are confused. I see professional sports people, their work is their sport, isn't it? And there, there was that issue a few weeks ago of wearing a jumper or not wearing a jumper. Um, and people, a lot of people didn't understand why that would be an issue for people in that workplace. And then there's a sense that work is cursed. Um, I heard about this uh, philosopher who says everything bad in life is because of work. <laughs> um, and he's written an entire book based on that philosophy. Maybe that's how you feel about work. Or is work just about earning money? Is that what it is? You just earn the money and then you do the stuff that you're really interested in. But there's a feeling, I think, perhaps that work should be something more than that. Work is all about me, my drive, my ambition, my success. I wonder if you've ever met anyone who seemed to believe in that. Well, the seventh one, I have to find my own vocation, my own calling. It's up to me to do that, to find that vocation. 
So this time I can see when you get in groups, you go for really long times. <laughs> Maybe just in twos or threes, um, if you're comfortable, just have a chat. Which of those stories feel really familiar to you? Do you feel that you inhabit one of these stories? Is that the place where you feel, um, is that the way that you see work? Um, so maybe just chat together for a couple of minutes. Which of those stories rings true to you? Which do you see lived out? Thanks. My favourite uh, group of people to speak to is teachers, because when you say, right, that's it, they immediately switch to the front. They're very good. <laughs> it's part of their vocation. Okay, um, that's excellent. And some of your discussion will actually be helpful as we consider these in more depth. Now, I said uh, these are false stories that um, seem to be quite pervasive. And I want to prove it to you by showing you a meme for each false story. So this is the first one for Game of Thrones fans. Um, should choose a House of Dragon one now, but anyway. So yes, the weekend is very beautiful. And Monday looks like that sometimes. <laughs> My focus is on my leisure time, not work. Um, they told me, and Warwick, perhaps you can tell me this is true. I had a friend once tell me that in Brazil, the word for work means to interrupt pleasure. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I thought he was making it up. <laughs> but um, that's how we live our lives, isn't it? Work is the thing that interrupts pleasure. Um, definitely, I see housework in that sense. But <laughs> there seems to be quite a pervasive feeling about that. I wonder, though, um, is, that, is that what you feel? Do you think that's true? Is, that, is there truth to that? No? <laughs> your work work is, uh, is better than that. Yeah, yeah. You run your own business, though, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So people say, I have to go to work. Yeah, 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 right. So work is the thing you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think that if we, if we went outside and offered people, like I remember I saw an ABC, on an ABC news story this morning, something about this guy's got the perfect job because he doesn't have to do any work <laughs> and he gets paid for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling a fair amount of pain behind that statement. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, yes, we should chat later. Some of the teachers. So re the relationship stuff. If the relationship is broken down, work becomes really hard and you've you got to focus on something else. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I sort of feel though... We, at our base, we know that work should be more than that, don't we? Yeah, up the back, sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's interesting. I think the only thing with that is, um, yeah, I have family members who are cyclists and their pace outside of work is pretty intense. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. you um, you're kicking some of the goals there. <laughs> we will get to that a bit later, but absolutely right. Um, Okay, so let's go to the next one, uh, that work is my source of meaning and purpose. Uh, Stephen Hawking is alleged to have said, I saw a lot of memes with his name on it, um, Stephen Hawking, the great physicist, says work gives you meaning and purpose and life is empty without it. Work 
gives you meaning and purpose and life is empty without it. So this is the opposite extreme, isn't it? This is saying that actually work is much more than just the thing that interrupts pleasure. It's something in which you can find meaning and purpose. Does anyone see organisations beginning to trade in this idea? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, no, it's true. So um, there was a Harvard Business Review um, article that said that 90% of employees will be prepared to trade salary for a greater sense of meaning and purpose in work. Um, and yeah, I think possibly organisations have taken advantage of that. Um, so I was let, I had a student in a class last year, he worked for Apple. Um, he didn't work in the head office, he worked in retail and they have an Apple creed that they uh, adhere to, really interesting language. That's like religious language. Um, and Apple, he said Apple promised him that he would experience a more meaningful life working for them. <laughs> and that's the sort of language I think a lot of organizations are using on this idea of meaning and purpose. Has he? Well, no. <laughs> but he feels he should. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there should be some sense of meaning and purpose. I think before we were talking about, you know, work, when you work with passion or um, when you work with something that is good, there should be some sort of meaning and purpose in it. Um, how much meaning and purpose in it? Okay, the third one, religion or faith has nothing to do with work. God has no place in the workplace. I think there's a lot of people who uh, feel this way um, that, in fact, I think uh, McCrindle did a research that said 33% of people think that religion or God should not have any place in the workplace. Um, and definitely there have been quite a few high profile incidents, haven't there, when it's hard. Have people experienced this themselves where there's a sense of you shouldn't say anything about your faith or you shouldn't bring that up, you shouldn't bring it to work? Have people experienced that? Yeah. Anything sort of tangible in that? So inclusion and diversity has meant a broader sort of inclusion of all religions and so on. Yeah. So you think actually religion is being more welcomed in the workplace or? So all religions except Christianity. <laughs> all right. So it feels like there's an emphasis on other faiths because there's sort of an underlying assumption that, that Christian is there. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I've seen, I've heard of a lot of Christians who feel that, um, that their faith is excluded in the workplace. And yet I've heard other stories like my friend who works for a multi um multi-country sort of big audio company who was actually asked one time to address the entire workforce on the meaning of Easter <laughs> as part of their diversity policy in understanding different religious holidays. So sometimes that might feel like, um, why do we have to hear about other religions? But in other ways, there are opportunities in that as well that might not have been there in the past. Okay, uh, the next one is probably quite a big one. Work is cursed. And I do, I had so many memes I could have chosen from. So yes, you live in a coffee culture, so you understand uh, this woman, um, how to get ready for work, you need the biggest cup of caffeine that you can get. I deliberately asked for a macchiato this morning just to show that I embrace my work. Um, <laughs> 
Um, and then me driving home from work, knowing I'm only going to go home to eat and sleep so I can do it all again tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you know, it reminds me of my son. Uh, my son was sort of quite an anxious um, child. And the first day of school, I was really nervous about him sort of separating from me and so on. But he, he went happily off to the classroom. And I was just stunned and I was so thrilled and thank God. And then I came back at the end of the day and he came running down the steps, huge smile on his face. I was just like, oh my gosh, I am the perfect mother. I got this right, you know. <laughs> and then as we're driving home, I said something about school tomorrow and he went, what? I have to go tomorrow. <laughs> Suddenly realized I'd missed the communication there. But that's how a lot of people feel about work, isn't it? Sort of eat, <laughs> go to work, eat, sleep, do it again. It's just this endless grind isn't it um, a lot of people see work as a four-letter word and it is a four-letter word but they see there's the bad four-letter word um, work is cursed cursed but that's in the bible isn't it we know that work is cursed isn't it mm. do you think um this is a, a broad sense is this what people feel that work is cursed is this your experience of work so there are cultural expressions of work as well that impact yeah <laughs> Awesome. Were you going to say something? Yeah. No. Okay. So work is not a curse in all places. <laughs> Can I just say that there's a really big theme of relationships in the workplace that <laughs> part of your story. Yeah. <laughs> and for all our stories as well. Yeah. So for some people, they do experience work as a curse. Um, what does the Bible have to say about that? Um, Work is just about earning money. This is sort of similar in some ways, isn't it? Um, we're a devil wears Prada family. Um, don't know if there are others like that. We love watching that movie. We watch it on a regular basis. And if you remember, there is this scene uh, when a coworker is testing your patience, but you've got bills to pay. So you sit there trying to calm down like, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. <laughs> if you say it enough, you will. <laughs> Um, there was another one where uh, there was a situation where there was an interviewer and an applicant and the interviewer says, why do you want this job? And you, we know the responses we're supposed to give, aren't we? You know, I have so much to offer this organisation. It would be great to work here, et cetera. And the applicant replies, duh, I've got bills to pay. <laughs> Not the right answer. <laughs> but that's the reality for some people that, that that work is just about earning money, isn't it? Um, and it's got to be at least a bit about that, doesn't it? Um, yes. So money is an important outcome of work. And what if your work is drudgery? What if your work is just very repetitive? Um, is it just about earning money or should it be about something more? I was speaking yesterday to a woman who was a teacher and she'd risen up through the ranks and done all these different leadership roles. Um, and now she's gone back to being a classroom teacher and she loves it. <laughs> That's true. So sometimes repetitive roles are actually freedom. Okay, we've got a couple of other myths, last two. So work is all about me, my drive, my ambition, my success. And here was a meme that personally makes me puke. But <laughs> work so hard that one day your signature will be called an autograph. Can you imagine what it would take to actually post that? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, have people seen people like this in the workplace? Have you experienced people like this? I'm seeing a couple of nods. nods. Uh, it's horrible, actually. <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen people like this and they don't care about the people they work with. They're, they're so driven. 
I remember uh, one time there was a principal at my kid's school and um, he started a whole load of programs and it was fantastic. It was so exciting. Um, he seemed incredibly involved and he was able to access these grants from everywhere and it was terrific. And then after two years, he moved on to the next position. Um, and then we suddenly realized that we were saddled with all these projects that had started that no one had any idea about. And he had really never intended completing. He was much more focused on the next level, the next level, the next level. Um, but isn't this just part of living in the modern corporate culture? Do you have to be driven? Do you have to be really ambitious just to survive? Do people feel that there's that pressure? Yeah. And you can be ambitious for good things, to serve others, to care for others, um, a whole range of different ambitions. There was an article I read on Munster Ambition, um, which was along the lines of being really driven. And I thought it was going to criticise it, but actually it was celebrating it. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some ambition that is good. Um, and some people who do rise quickly, quite naturally, because of their giftedness, <laughs> use the power for good. That would be good. Okay, and here's the last one, the last false story, I think it is. I have to find my own vocation. There's lots of memes like this. Find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> uh, do you agree? What's that? It's a lie. Why is it a lie? So we're really experiencing a, a generational change, aren't we, in the expectations? Yeah, certainly my grandfather had the same job all his life and that was the expectation at that time. My dad also stayed in the same vocation, but now things are shifting quite rapidly. Um, careers are changing, jobs are changing, and no matter how much you earn, some of our youth today will never be able to afford property in Sydney. <laughs> and uh, so some of those things have really impacted, I agree with you, on how we see this. Um, in terms of we're taxed so much, my friend from Norway arrives tomorrow and she would beg to disagree <laughs> about how much we're taxed, but yes. What's a biblical view of vocation and calling and so on? So they're false stories. We've examined them a bit. What I want to do is just go through some of the readings we had and talk about what's a better story um, for our life. What does the Bible have to say? How can we see our work differently? So... <laughs> Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. A couple of things. First of all, we're made in the image of a God who works. This passage comes just at the end of the creation story when God worked to create the world and everything in it. So God works and we're made in the image of a worker. What that means is that work is intrinsic to who we are. It's actually who we were made to be. The ritual of work is a healthy thing for people, just as you were saying earlier. And that's really important. It means that and we're finding, certainly in terms of mental health, physical health, we need to work. Work is intrinsic to who we are. On top of that, the very first command that we're given is to work. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it, rule over it. We're, we're meant to actually work that's we give work has meaning and purpose when we see that it's the means by which we fulfill this command from god work itself doesn't is it's scary to put all your meaning and purpose in work anyone who's retired or been sacked or being made redundant knows the 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 folly of that but we can find meaning and purpose in our work when we 
see it as a means of fulfilling God's command to look after the world, to steward the world, to care for creation, to care for people. That's what our work is. Thirdly, <laughs> this other thing, the other verse that we saw, um, it really strikes me when God has done his creation. So Genesis 2 is a retelling of Genesis 1, the creation story. And God looks around. He's created the garden. He says there was no one to work the ground. And so he creates human beings to actually work with him in caring for his creation. So the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And then we have this beautiful vignette, just gorgeous, where God is there and he has the human being and he brings the animals in front of the human being to see what the human being will name it, each animal. I'm sure there was a chuckle over platypus. Um, I'm sure it's just this gorgeous scene. What will the human being name it? And this is good work. It's important work, um, especially uh, in ancient culture, the naming is a very significant thing. I'm sure your parents spent some time thinking about what they would name you. Um, in some cultures, it's a really significant process naming. And in this culture, it certainly was. So naming things is significant work, but we're meant to work with, that's actually the ideal. But there is a problem, that beautiful idea of work as work existing before the fall as work being a good thing it doesn't last forever does it there is evil does enter the garden and there is a consequence for that evil for that sin we do see that there is these words that are said to the human being to adam about work but notice what is cursed is work cursed look at that first line cursed is the ground so it's the process of working that is actually impacted by the curse. It's not work itself. Work is still a good thing, but it's going to be harder to work. It's going to be uh, more difficult. You're going to have to do it by the sweat of your brow. There's going to be painful toil. There's going to be thorns and thistles that interrupt and then impact on the work that you do. I call it IT. Uh, a lot of people here have talked about relationships that impact on your ability to work well and enjoy your work. So it's a process of work that's impacted, not work itself. So work itself is not cursed. And we shouldn't talk about the curse of work. It's actually the things around the way we do work that is impacted. Then we see in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, we don't have um, an opportunity to read the whole passage. But what we see here that, that Jesus um, is actually sovereign over the whole world. He's sovereign over every one of our workplaces. And everything on heaven and earth are actually held together in Jesus. And he's on this um, mission to reconcile. God is going to reconcile all things through Jesus and by his blood. And that means everything that we do and even the work that we do can be part of that reconciliation process. So part of our responsibilities as image bearers of God in the workplace is to hold back evil and to promote good wherever we can try and promote good relationships and work therefore is not just about us you know that monster ambition it's all about me and I've got to fight my way to the work is all about honoring God and serving others and then we come to our final one we talked about vocation briefly I just want to touch on this Ephesians 2 10 verse for we are God's handiwork. We are God's work of art. The Greek word there is poemia, from which we get the word poem. 
creating in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the idea of vocation that uh, comes from the Latin vocare, which means to call. So the idea of calling, it's actually the focus is on the one who's doing the calling, isn't it? It's not about us. It's actually listening to the one who's calling us into the work that we should do, who actually prepared work for us to do way in advance. And so I think there's a great opportunity for the work that we do. Um, Tim Keller's named some of these things, but I wonder if you can think the work that you do, the range of work, whether it's paid work, whether it's work in, the, in your home, work in the neighbourhood, how can you be part of work like this, a more just distribution of power and wealth, showing compassion and respect for human dignity, creating art that promotes hope and community, building community-minded neighbourhoods, more expressions of mercy and justice, ensuring workplaces are more humane, peace-filled dialogue amid conflict. I think there's a real vision for our work that we can get from that. Maybe we can have a bigger, better imagination for our work as image bearers of God in that place. So let me pray for us as we consider those things. Father God, thank you that we are made in your image, in the image of a God who works. And as your image bearers in the different work that you've given us to do, I pray that you would help us, that you would enable us to go forth um, in all the different areas of work, in all the different contexts in which you've placed us, that we might see where you're already at work and join you in that work, that we might see opportunities to give people a taste of the kingdom, a scent of the fragrance of the kingdom in the work that we do. Help us to have a vision for the different areas of work that we do that matches your vision. Help us to be aware of your prompting, of your calling on our lives to do good, meaningful and purposeful work as we seek to honour you, to steward your creation and to serve people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.